Welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports. Oh come on! With Mike and Jesse, we're uh, we're at episode eleven. And uh, before we get started, just want to mention that uh, you can contact us on Twitter at Sporty Rants, S P O R T Y R A N T S, uh, and you can give us topics to talk about in future episodes. Um, or just you know, tell us how great we are. We would love to hear that. Yeah, point out our point out. Uh, we don't make any mistakes, but if we do, point them out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you'll never you'll never have to point anything. Yeah, exactly. Out. Yeah. So that's good. And tonight is a big night because it's what they call the sports equinox, where f- the four major sports NHL, NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball are all on on one night, and all like and none of them are in preseason. It's it's regular season or playoffs. This has only happened 18 times. Wow. Ever. I would have thought it happened more than that. I thought it kind of happened every time in October at some point, but that's not true. It's where like, it's a regular season game. Exact, that's exactly it, because the NBA has moved up their schedule to start two weeks earlier. It's going to happen more, but before, they were starting like on Halloween, if not beginning of November. Right. So the games but, that would cross, cross baseball, over would have been Yeah, yeah. baseball could be done by them. Yeah. Right? True. So it's a big sports night. Uh, we got the... Red Sox Astros game on in the background here. Um, we are not going to be watching that shit ass Thursday night football game because uh, if the Arizona Cardinals can't figure out how to get the ball to David Johnson, they don't deserve to be watched. And they that's can't. what I say. And they can't figure it out. They've, they can't. They, they're, it's just fucking impossible for these idiots. Well, they had to call a timeout on I think the second play of the game because they couldn't get lined up properly. Yeah, like, that's hard. A, that's a bad start. It's hard. Uh, but first, we're going to get to some NBA. All right, this is going to be more about us gushing about how how good the Raptors looked last night against the Cavaliers, uh, specifically Kawhi, and also I liked how Nurse started Siakam instead of Serge Ibaka. Yes, that that I did like that. Yeah, he came out afterwards. He said, "Well, you know, I'm going to change it up. Don't change it up." You keep Serge Staple to that fucking bench, <laughs> but but what what he said I like is because it's it's almost like he's gonna it's gonna be a lot more fluid than it used to be, and there's not gonna be necessarily two units. There's gonna be a bunch of different combinations. Like everyone's gonna play with everybody is what yeah. I understood from that. So play I, I ma- like that. Play like the that. matchups, yeah. man. That that might have been like granted, Joy Casey won like sixty odd games last year, uh, but he was very rigid in his rotation. Like it was it was this. It didn't matter who they were playing. It was this yeah. way. Um, and the problem with that is there's no problem in the regular season with that, but in the playoffs, everyone's got tape on you, and they go, well, for 35 minutes, we're going to have these five, and Valanciunas can't do this because they look at what they can't do and try to force them into that. DeRozan can't do this. Lowry can't do this. But if you switch it up now, and you got Kawhi with Van Vliet sometimes, or Valanciunas with this guy, or, or whatever the case may be, it's going to give... It's going to give uh, teams pause. Like they're going to be like, well, they could play us many different ways. So it's, that's yeah, good. it's very much the way the NBA is going now. All the good teams do that. It kind of these guys play out a position, you know, like that. And that's what I, you mentioned, uh, Pascal Siakam. That's what you like about him is that he's playing the four and he's moving the ball up the court. Yeah, he's running the ball up the court, dribbling, looking for a pass. Yeah, and, and when you have the power forward. Running the ball up the court, it creates weird mismatches for other teams. They're not expecting that. That's not normal. So it creates odd mismatches. Yeah. And uh, when he he's, he showed some nice passes, and I, he's a good player. 
Uh, something I noticed, like even right at the beginning of the game, uh, Kevin Love goes for a jump shot, misses. And Valanciunas goes for a rebound, but Kawhi's like, yeah. like just grabs it right from him. Yeah. And Valanciunas like kind of looked at him that and he's was, like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then Kawhi's here. Valanciunas definitely gave it a look, though, like, why, why are you trying, trying so hard for that, man? I had that. <laughs> oh, but, but, but it was good, and uh, it, got, it got off to a slow start. Kawhi Leonard didn't get off to a, a really fast start by any means. It looked a little awkward and, and yep. slow at times, but I think that's totally understandable. And you know who I thought settled that down? Kyle Lowry. Yep. He was he was the best player for them last night. Uh, he settled it down so smartly. He he was passing the ball to everyone, getting everybody involved, and then scoring himself. Uh, he he changed the tone of that game and, and got everyone some confidence. Well, him and Kawhi tied for the lead in points, I think, with 24 right. each. And Lowry had eight assists. Uh, Kawhi had like nine rebounds and three or four assists or something. So overall, very good effort. And, and uh, Lowry was doing his thing like under the basket. He stripped one of their bigs yeah. like, of the ball and he's taking charges. Like he's doing his thing on defense yep. too. Um, one thing I also noticed, Kevin Love looks really old. It's just because he has gray hair He now. has gray hair, but he didn't have gray hair last year. Maybe he's, maybe he was dying it. It's weird maybe, to go that fast. But like, yeah, exactly. Like like last year he had like, like full brown hair. He was fine and now it's all gray and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like LeBron leaves and now you can't dye your hair anymore. He's he's he, and he just signed a new contract. It's not like you can't afford to dye. He's letting his hair down now that uh, LeBron's gone. Yeah, the high, the high standards right. isn't there. That's right. Well, have you heard that LeBron's locker is uh, used for laundry in, in, in locker Cleveland? Room? In Cleveland, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Take that, LeBron. Yeah, exactly. You leave us. <laughs> oh man, but it was a uh, very exciting. Granted, the Cavaliers aren't what they were. Yeah. Like even as as of last year. Yeah. But it was still a very good start uh, for the Raptors. And they got the Celtics tomorrow night, so that'll oh, be a big matchup. Well, that'll be a great game to watch. The, and yeah, you're absolutely right. The best thing about this is that like you this this means nothing in the whole scheme of things. All it means is that they got off to a somewhat decent start against a fairly not a good team in Cleveland right now, honestly. I mean compared to the top teams in the Eastern yeah. Conference. So it was good. But a couple other things that I took away from the game was uh Serge Ibaka looked very bad shooting the basketball. Like, yes, I th- he did. I, I think 0 for 7 or, or something at yes. one point. Yes, And, like, not even close. There are these line drives. He has no confidence in his shot. He he did contribute on defense quite a, a little bit, though. Uh, so he was he was blocking some shots, and he was getting some tough rebounds, an offensive rebound, too. Uh, so he was trying to make things happen, even though his his shot was very bad, and he he needs a psychiatrist or something for that. Yes, because yes, he needs those uh, those those whispers. Yeah, exactly. But then by the end of the first uh, half, Kyle Lowry was moving like they were dominating basically by the end of the first half. And yep, they were up. Were they not up by twenty five at one point? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool stat from that game actually is that among players with four hundred games played in in their career, Kawhi Leonard. Has a winning percentage of uh, seven sixty four. Holy shit! Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's seventy six percent of the time <laughs> he wins. Yeah, you know who's second best? Magic Johnson at seven forty seven, and then really? and then Michael Cooper at third, who is also a, a Laker. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. he must, yeah, Laker. Yeah, and wow. so both those guys played a lot more than Kawhi Leonard. That stat could kind of be. The 400 games thing in that stat can kind of make it seem a little better than it is, but still, Kawhi Leonard wins when he's in. Yeah, when he's playing basketball. That's <laughs> insane. That's insane. Yeah. Um, some other thoughts I had just from some other games was uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony did not look good coming off the bench with Houston. I'm not surprised uh, at that. I yeah, I was he hasn't looked say, good in years. You know, and I, I think it's funny that Chris Paul 
like pushed for him to be on the Rockets because they're buddies, and um, and he was like he thought that it would work with him coming off the bench. I'm like I. I don't care how good of friends you are. Like that's not Carmelo. Carmelo's no. not like that, you know. Uh, and they got beat by the Pelicans, uh, who just have like Anthony Davis. Yeah, <laughs> and he, you don't want to be that guy to bring a, just a, a friend on the team who's taken up a spot. But you up- know what? That's the, kind of the way the NBA goes, though, right? Be, like LeBron yeah. did that. He went and joined up with Dwayne Wade. Though they're buddies. Yeah, I've, I is, you I know? just feel like Melo is especially bad at this yes. point. Like it's almost like he should be like. On the bench or, or like retiring a little bit or something. I don't know. I would. I, I mean, oh, I'm only saying what I've seen. I don't know what goes on. At this point in his career, I hate to say it, but he should be that mid-level veterans exception guy. That yeah. that's what he should be. Yeah. Not coming off the bench as a sixth man. Like he's well, not he, even worth. He that. should want to be like that kind of. I mean, this is not an exact comparison, but like a Ray Allen guy or something. Who yes. Later in his career, and just really gets. You know, he's always loved to shoot, but yeah, he, he he's not shooting the ball very well anymore. And he's lost a lot athletically. Like, yep. like he doesn't like get up and dunk as easily as he used to, even and stuff like that. Yeah, and of course the Warriors won on their first night because you know it's just status quo. They're they're an amazing team. That's that's who uh, Jack Armstrong on the Raptors broadcast uh, the other night compared uh, Pascal Siakam running the floor to Draymond Green of the Warriors. Oh man, if he could even floor. become like a quarter of the player of Draymond Green, that's exactly be a huge boon to they're, the They're different players. Uh, Draymond Green's a thicker kind of guy, like yeah. a thicker, shorter guy, and Siakam's kind of a longer, leaner guy. But uh, if he could bring the toughness that Draymond Green brings, and he's the thing I like about Siakam is he's developing his skill a lot. He hit, hit a three point shot, which you've seen him working on in the off season. Uh, Anobi looked really good, although he left the game with an eye injury. I yeah, believe the I, ball hit him in the fa- eye. A face contusion, they, they make it sound like. Yeah, I, believe, they, I, they I think I remember the ball hitting him in the eye. Yeah, and yeah. which is a face bruise. I just love that they call it a contusion. Yeah, they make it just, sound just, so much worse than it is. It's a it. contusion. It's a bruise. <laughs> they got to be very medical it's, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Other than that, uh, JV looked really good as well too. He's I. My thought watching that game is he's career high in assist with three, <laughs> <laughs> and that just made me yeah. laugh. I was yeah. just like, what? Yeah. yeah. One of them was actually a really nice pass though to uh, I believe it was uh, Siakam with the dunk. Maybe a no boy. I think it was a newbie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I always I always get his name wrong. But J- <laughs> JV looked good. I and I was thinking watching that game. I'm like, I think he's probably underappreciated in the league and probably on this team too. Like I think he's he underappreciated well, in both. The fans love to hate on him. Yeah. They love to hate on him. Oh, is this going to get out? Did he catch it? Oh, he dropped it. Oh, had a oh. glove and then he dropped it. Number 18 for the Astros there. I don't know who that guy is, but dropped it. Had it in his glove and he dropped it. And now we're going to spend six minutes with him taking off all his gear. Uh, now that he's on base. We're just going to watch for a few minutes if you guys want to listen here. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, did he have it? He did have it. That would have been an out. Kemp. Oh, up, up, up. No, off oh, the wall. Oh, off the wall. Off the wall, not oh, a catch anyway. There we go. Yeah, there so we go. At least he did a good job to trap it. It would have well, went off the wall and The back. Red Sox got a man on second yeah. in the uh, in the top of the sixth here. So. Yeah. If that would have come back into the field, uh, he could have kept running. That's right. Um, so basically, we're very excited about the Raptors. They look good. Um, one game, of course. Everyone's going to be like, stood up. It's let's one, it's let's one overreact because that's game. what we do here. Let's overreact. I'm just happy it kind of went according to plan. Most of my new acquisitions, 
acquisitions on teams don't go according as planned. It's yeah. always like a delay. So yes, I'm just yes. happy Cause that it, that's because it takes a while for them to get used to it. But I'm glad that this worked. They, I'm glad they started to gain a little chemistry now, yes. and I'm sure there'll be some wrinkles to work. Well, listen, out. go out and get Jimmy Butler. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep on banging. Oh, that you know, you know the one thing that I really came away from watching last night, and I don't know if this changes the whole Jimmy Butler thing at all, but I think. In order for them to be as good as I think they could be and go to the final in the East, I think they need Kyle Lowry as a point guard. I, I don't think Van Vliet and DeLon Wright would, we'll, we'll would, would get it done. Yeah. Okay. And so if you have to give up Kyle Lowry to get Jimmy Butler now, I would almost be hesitant yeah. after one game. So who knows? But that's what I was thinking when I was watching it. There you go. There you go. Let's go to some NHL. Well, I think for the first time in, I as long as I can remember, the Flames are starting off a season well. It's nice to see. It's nice to see. They're 4-2. and two. They just beat Boston last night. They yeah, a, and, they, and they beat some good teams too. Nashville, Boston. Nashville, so uh, nice. Colorado, who made the playoffs last year. And right. that was a shit start for them, but they came back and won, which is something that Flames teams in the last, I'm not even counting last year. I'm talking the last five years wouldn't have done. They would have packed it in and said, well, fuck, that's it. You know, after giving up two goals in the first three minutes. And it's weird because it's not an individual player thing because they've gotten off to bad starts with different players for a long time now. For a long time. The players are almost always different and then they still get off to a slow start. In the Iggy years, it was was almost a guarantee that we'd be like two and six after the first eight or three and seven. That's because Iggy was everything on that team and he got off to slow starts. every year. So that was, I understood that one. So it, it... you know, it makes me so happy to see that they're they're getting off to a good start because that Pacific Division, like the Ducks are leading, which I could not believe, but John Gibson's playing out of his mind. Um, and the, the favorites in the division, the Knights and the Sharks, are, are playing that well. So it's good that we're banking points. Absolutely. You know, oh, yeah. um, I do like, uh, I was hesitant when they hired Bill Peters, but I've really liked what I've seen from him in the first few games. Um with his shuffling of the lines uh, and holding players accountable. For old Luke's playing like shit, you sit. Jankowski's not getting it, you sit. And he'll sit people just on the bench, too. Just because you're wearing all the equipment doesn't yeah. mean he'll play you. He'll yeah. sit you and at that, the end of the bench. And that's good. These guys got to be held accountable for, like, and that, that's something that happened at the end of last year. Like, fuck, it didn't matter that Matt Stager was playing like garbage. You had to play him because there's nobody else. Yeah. You know? Troy Brower was playing here. Yes, a lot Troy Brower on the power play. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, and that's the nightmares. And maybe that's like I mean, Gullitson. I I didn't really have a problem with Gullitson, but when you see the way Bill Peters is doing it, you see the difference. Yes, he's, he's like he's like no, exactly like you said, a veteran like Froelich would never have sat never. With, with Glenn Gullitson. Never, and Gullitson would never change lines. Like like when things aren't yeah, working, really, he liked to go with the it same. It was like no, no, we got to keep Gaudreau, Monahan, and Furland together. We got to keep the three M line together. It's like why? It's not working. Change it up. That's what we were talking about. We didn't get into it in basketball, but Nick Nurse has been rotating the guys really like quite frequently, like through a different series of players. It's not like you have two groups or set lineups yes. or anything yes. like that. Yes, that's good. And that's, that's good. And that's maybe how hockey should be too. It's like you, you need to play with everybody, I find. And you know what? The game has gone to the point now that your third and fourth lines can't be junk. They have to be... Like they have to bring more than sandpaper. It's not, yeah, it's not the it's not the typical checking line of of yesteryear. Like all four, the Red Sox just hit a home run. There we go, three run shot. Whoa, wow. whoa, up four nothing. Four nothing. Raphael Devers. Woo! 
Oh, they're going to fold Verlander now. It's going to take a big comeback here. To Kate get... Upton's going to be oh, pissed. Check, check Kate Upton Twitter account right yeah, now. Yeah, she's mad. See what's she going is on. mad. Um, well, we're talking about back to the flames here. <laughs> I, um, I'm thinking about Kate Upton, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Kate's got me distracted. Uh, I can't even remember what I was saying about the flames. Uh, how good they are. They're great. They're great. And Mike Smith, you know, like, he'll... He's just that kind of goalie. He has been his whole career. He'll have two or three good starts, and then he'll lay an egg. Yeah, that's just the way he is. And that, that's you know? yeah. You, that, but you come you get, to expect that if you get like out of those two or three good starts, if you get like five points out of it, then you can deal. You can live with the egg leg. You know. Yeah, and the and the good starts are quite good. A lot of the time, like he, you know, he puts up some strong performances, and he and he likes playing in in kind of big games too, like we've seen. Yeah. But, you know, I oh, I remember what I was saying. There we go. It's back. Uh, you, checking lines are basically not basically dead, but they all four lines you have to get offense from. Like yeah. the fourth line can't be an, uh, a six minute uh, just go and just crash. Yeah. Like it. That's not the way the game's played anymore. It's almost got to be a balance. Totally agree. You know they got to be able to roll the lines, and that's why like spreading out and like uh, having Austin Zardik on the fourth line, who, who, uh, like. Two games ago was on the second line, you know, like just yeah. shuffle around. James Neal's playing on the third line, and that's that goes back to your point of what they need to have now is skill, so that everyone can play together. Like you can't have guys that you need to protect. You got to be exactly. Able to, you got to be able to roll everybody. Yeah, and you can't have Anthony Peluso on your fourth line. Just by the way, I know they have, I know they have them there for a reason. Um, it, it has to be that the reason is that he can eat popcorn really well because he's useless on the ice. And I, you, you will be hard-pressed to find someone that loves fighting and hockey more than me. But I don't understand why he's there because I don't, I don't see that as a, a role that needs to be filled anymore in this game. The problem with – okay, if you had a – they have a fighter in Peluso, right? So McAvoy takes a run at Gaudreau yesterday. Yeah. What, what's he going to do? Nobody, you can no, go fight McAvoy. You can just, just drop your gloves and punch him. Yeah, exactly. Because McAvoy's not going to fight you. Exactly. Peluso is not playing with Gaudreau, so now like it happened, and now you have to wait for a matchup to put Peluso on the ice against McAvoy to get the revenge, air quote. And then McAvoy is not going to fight you, and the Bruins don't have a fighter. Like the only guy is Chara, and you ain't going to fight Chara. He'll fuck kill you. Yeah. So what the hell is the point? Like fighters, it's a, it's a dead thing. Just, just let it die. It's over. And 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 I'm okay with. I I agree. Let that let that position die. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Like that hurts me to say because I love like I love Brian McGratton. Like I love all these guys. And like, it was great for the time, but like the way the game's played now, you can't have them. Yeah. You need guys like Iggy that also brought offense. Well, that's what you need. Did you see the fight between Jimmy Ben, Jamie ben and Wood from yeah. New Jersey? Oh my God, that was amazing. That's what you need. And both those guys, both have those off- guys can play, can have offensive skill, yeah. and and they just got pissed at each other and had like a knockout, dragout fight. Yeah. And it was yeah. awesome. I I agree. Just because, yeah, I agree. You you have to be able to play the game. Uh, but yeah, the Flames are looking good. Uh, Tavares is from Toronto. If anybody's wondering, because you hear that six times a broadcast. He's a Toronto um, native. He's a Toronto native. Austin Matthews is greater than every NHLer combined ever. He's the best. He's, he's the best. He's the biggest. Morgan player. Riley is Bobby Orr. I I saw a stat that said he was a record. He's breaking records. Or like something? Oh on my record God. pace. You know this. this it's just like what the fuck, guys. Just 
the media just has to do that. They have to be like, oh, he's on pace to break Bobby Orr's record. The, no, the appetite. No, he isn't. The appetite in that environment is insatiable. Oh, you, it you, is. You, all they need to do is put out any type of content Toronto Maple Leafs, and it is eaten yep. up. And, and now that they're winning, and 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 it's not like they're winning three two. They're winning six one. They're winning six two. Well, that's the best thing is they're great. So now they're going to pump everything oh, out there. My they're going to they're going to pump out so much. And stuff. like, and it's what what's aggravating is that if you turn off because this is this is what I've done the last Leafs game that I watched. I actually turned off the sound. Because I was like, I can't hear you guys circle jerk these guys anymore. <laughs> but they're a fun hockey team to watch. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. It's just the, the announcing just is aggravating. They're extremely um, talented. Here on the local radio station, Mike Commodore was on and he hates Mike Babcock. Babcock and it's pretty freaking funny. He, he, he lets it be known. He, I think he initially tweeted about it one time when he was drunk. And, yes, and then regretted it, but that, not not regretted it because he just doubled back and he said he's like he said before he's like I'm I'm sober. Yeah, that guy's still a fucking ass. Yeah, yeah, he does not like Babcock and he just blasts them. And I'm like, oh, that's a breath of fresh air. I don't remember the actual story, but it went back to their time in when Mike Babcock was a coach in Detroit and Commodore got traded there. I think Babcock might have uh, this is uh, look it up, but the, he might have promised him a spot on the team and then. He sent him down to the minors or something. I don't know. Yep. It was something like that. Yeah, it was kind. Of, there was some kind of un- underhanded or not um, uh, backhanded stuff, I guess, where he he said something but he didn't follow through, and then he's just Commodore's like he's just a liar. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Um, I, lo- I love Commodore too. The funniest thing about Mike Commodore is he cashed in a massive contract when he was a free agent with Calgary. I think Columbus gave him like a $15 million deal, right? Yeah. Yep. Over three years or something like that. And he called into the the fan in Calgary that morning and was like, I don't know. I can't believe this. This is amazing. <laughs> like, and nobody could believe it. He's like, he's like, I'm going to Columbus. I got $15 million. <laughs> $15 million guaranteed, yep. baby. I'll see you guys in three years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, he's, he's so funny on Twitter, and he uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's a personality. He's got that uh, that pack your shit and go oh, at, on yeah. uh, trade deadline. He was doing trade pretty- deadline insider stuff, and he was getting a bunch of them right. So yeah. he was he was bringing up guys and saying pack your shit. Yeah, hashtag pack your shit. I love it. It was great. Love it. Uh, but the Flames are rolling. Let's keep it going. They got the Predators on Friday. Uh, other surprise teams for me would be the Ducks. Obviously, that's a surprise. Um, I'm also I'm surprised by the Canadians. Yeah, uh, uh, I am too. They are they're starting off really well, but it, it kind of goes to show that like sometimes when you bring up all these kids, they don't know better. They don't know that they're supposed to suck. That can be the best thing, and that's the best thing. Yeah. Um, what what I really like about what the Canadians did is and and this is a organization thing and also a fan base thing is losing is not acceptable. It doesn't matter that they're kind of retool. They're, they're calling it a retooling. They're not calling, they can't say rebuild there in Montreal, but that's the new term that everyone uses. It's a retooling tweaking, tweaking, whatever you want to call it, but they're losing is not acceptable. They're not embracing losing to tank for a pick. They're like, no, we, that's not what Montreal does. And, Eventually, it's going to work for them that when when they start getting pieces, that they're gonna they're gonna come out of it faster than other teams like the Islanders and, and specifically our neighbors to the north here, the Oilers, where yeah. they embrace the suck to get McDavid. And when you teach your players and everyone in your club that losing is acceptable, how do you how do you wash that away? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big problem. Do you think they're going to keep uh, Bergevin around? To, I do to do this. No. 
No, it'll be Bergevin is probably going to be gone. Like I, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, and I think he'll probably be gone next year. They'll have a new GM. Yeah, I'm wondering about that because he seems like he's very entrenched there, and I don't know if that's just an appearance or not. But it, this was pretty funny. Did you see they wore turtlenecks for Thomas? Planets, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was this the thousandth game? Yeah, yeah. So uh, classy move by them, and um, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for NHL thoughts. Uh, those are the only two teams yeah. that really surprised me. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm with you on that. We, I, I was one saying earlier that I thought Anaheim might still have a good season. I didn't. You did. Think, I you didn't. Did. Think, I didn't and think you, they were you pointed, fall back. you yeah. pointed to John Gibson and yeah. said he'd be the man to make it happen if he didn't get hurt. And if he, he didn't get hurt, he's that. still going. He's Knock still going for them. All right, let's go to some NFL. All right, in NFL news, uh, there's a story that came out today that the NFL owners are worried about the Chargers' viability in L.A. Uh, They're struggling to sell personal seat licenses, which we looked up just so we know what the hell's going on. I thought it was like season tickets. We we both thought it was, but it's... A personal seat license is basically you're paying for the right to purchase season tickets, is what it is. Uh, It's like a deposit. Kind of. And if you don't want to buy season tickets, you can sell your personal seat licenses to other people because for them to buy the season tickets. Right, yeah. And so they're not doing well with these. They're not doing well. Um, and this is for their new state, the new stadium in Inglewood that they will be sharing with the Rams. Um, they're being a, they're a tenant, but they're a tenant. They're there. a tenant in that stadium. Yes, stadium. yes. And I thought that was I thought they were sharing it kind of like the Jets and Giants. No, no, no. the The Rams owner Kroenke owns the the stadium, and and the. <laughs> and the Chargers are like renting it. <laughs> it's it's like such a Spanos it's, thing to do. I know. It's like, do they get the basement suite? Do they even get a walkout basement? Do you think? Like, what's their dressing room look like compared like, to the Rams? The fuck, guys. Um, so the re- originally the revenue projections for the first year of the new stadium was going to be four hundred million for the Chargers. Right. It's now they've lowered it to 150 million. Taking a good amount off that original yeah, projection. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And I wanted to bring this up because the NFL is the big, the big guy. Them and the NBA are probably the two biggest sports. Um, but the NFL should take a page out of the NHL playbook. They allowed the Chargers to leave San Diego. Just kind of like overnight, basically. Like it kind of came up, and within six months, it's like, okay, we're done with the stadium, we're leaving. Like they didn't even try to make it work. When they already knew they had a team going to LA in the Rams. And why wouldn't you let the Rams go there for a few years first and see if you can make it work in San Diego? And the reason I bring this up uh, compared to the NHL is that no matter how much people shit on Bettman, he tries to make every goddamn market work. Like look to a fault to a fault, yeah, and that might be like his biggest Achilles heel is that sometimes he waits too long. But like he's trying to make Arizona work. Uh, he the Atlanta team he tried to make that. work. He does not like to move franchises. He, no, he, that's he. Uh, that's why he's one of the you, best. G, you, uh, because it yeah. looks awful in the league. If you if you got franchises moving, it makes the league look weak. It doesn't make it look stable. Definitely right. It's yeah. an optic thing for sure. And um, and plus he doesn't want team. He doesn't. He, he works for the owners. He wants to make the owners money. And if teams are moving, that means they're in trouble. Which means that the owners have to revenue share and pay like pay for the team. To, right. Yeah. To bankroll. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And but, I 
think the NFL made a mistake in rushing the San Diego thing. Like, I don't understand why they did that. And they can't go back to San Diego. Like, it's not... No, like, that's, that's that can't be an option. That's not an option. So what the, the, the fans hate them there. Yeah. The fans are so pissed off that they left. They, they, they would never welcome them back. I heard that uh, tickets... And this is for the new Inglewood Stadium for, for Chargers games... Um, the majority of the tickets go from $60 to $100 US. That is about as affordable as you can get for an NFL game. Yeah, absolutely. And that's face value. Yeah. That is not like, 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 oh shit, I'm not going to the game and it starts in 10 minutes. And you have to sell them off. Yeah. yeah. No, no, this is face value. This is what they're offering. Um, the NFL, I think, really screwed the pooch. And the guy that pushed for it was fucking Jerry Jones. He's the one that pushed for the Chargers to go there. What was his thinking in that? I have no clue. I, I tried to look up articles to see what was his thinking in it, but he's the one that pushed and, and got behind. I think probably Dean Spanos was went to him and said, I want to do this. I need your backing. Because like the power yeah. owners are like Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, uh, the Giants owner, Mara, um, uh, and who else is there? The con in uh, Carolina seems to have a lot of power. Uh, con, oh, con. you mean in Jacksonville? Jacksonville, pardon yeah, me. Yeah, 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 sorry. I was like, going to say the Carolina owner got ousted. Yeah, cause yeah. Because he, he liked to talk about the girls in their tight jeans. He was like an old school southern U.S. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that guy was a pervert. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Jerry Jones, obviously, is a Oh, yeah. So he, I, he I imagine a lot it. of... Old men with a lot of money are probably still perverts. So yes, yes. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a big shock um, to anybody. But I just think it's funny that this this league is supposed to be the all powerful, and now they got a franchise that they moved, and within a year they're like, oh fuck, oh shit, this is not good. But that's the thing. Like it's it seems shady. Like the Sp- Spanos must have made a deal if with Jerry Jones because like Jerry Jones must understand that's still not a good decision, right? Like a good Whoa. business move for any of them because he's like. There's already a team in LA, and they're better. <laughs> Why, like, <coughs> the Rams had to leave St. Louis because the Edward Jones Dome was was almost decrepit, basically, and they wanted a new building. They couldn't get it, um, and they this went on for three years before they decided to okay, we got to go to LA because it's not working here. They tried to make it work. Oakland tried to make it work. Didn't work. We're going to Las Vegas. They they tried to get a new stadium for three years, four yeah. years. Didn't work. San Diego, they tried for 20 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, nice. Hey, can we get a new stadium? No. Ah, fuck. We're going to LA. Like, why wouldn't... Like, Dean Spanos, like, bide your time. Talk to Kroenke and say, hey, like, when you get your new stadium, can we be a tenant? Because you're going to do it anyways. And then just stay in San Diego and then move to fucking LA when the new stadium's there. It's like playing out of a soccer stadium that you can't even fill That they with, can't sell out anyway. You can't fill with your own fans. Like over half of them are the opposing team's fans. Like how, do you, how does that make your players feel? And, and their big thing about going there is they were saying that a, a huge percentage of their fan base was already from Los Angeles. Yeah, and they get there and it's like you can't even fill 30,000. Yeah. Like what is this? They're like they must have not got the memo then. Oh man, just like what a clusterfuck of a situation to be quite honest. Yeah, that was you're right though. Talking about teams moving and making uh, you know associations look weak. Like in the NBA, who who moved? It was like Charlotte moved to New or- Orleans or something like that. Oh, Charlotte, and then the Bobcats came back. or yeah, something? Yeah, Charlotte moved to New Orleans. Yeah, became the New Orleans Hornets, and then then they became the. The Charlotte the came Pelicans back and became the Bobcats, and then the Hornets <laughs> changed their name to the Pelicans. 
And then the Bobcats changed their name back to the Hornets. And it's just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. That was very under the radar for that many yeah. things happening. And, and I think to your point, they don't like to put that out there that that's yeah. happening. Yeah, and that's just like so fucked up. And you know what? We don't see teams move a lot now. When that used to happen was like the 60s and 70s. And that's when like like their leagues were starting up. They were trying to get their foothold with TV. And they were trying to make everything viable. Leagues generally are very strong. Like the, the, major, the, the, the four majors are strong. Like where the teams are, there's a couple teams that have problems. Like in baseball, Tampa's having a problem with their new with the stadium. Uh, hockey, Carolina, Florida are drawing. Uh, Arizona, we we all know about. But for the most part, the leagues are strong, and and it just surprises me that they wouldn't try to force San Diego to try to make it work. It just yeah. surprised. They were just like, oh, okay, whatever, just go. It's a, it's a, it's a, it was a great franchise in San Diego. I, I still like that team, but I don't like them in Los Angeles. It's not the same. It's I would, not the I, same. I, I wish they could have made it work. You know what, LA Rams. It sounds okay because they were the. LA they were Rams. the LA Rams. I can get behind were, that. Yes, but the they they were never the LA Chargers. They no. were the San Diego Chargers. No. You know, it's it's kind of like Oakland Raiders. They could be the LA Raiders because yeah. they were in LA. Yeah. I can get behind that. I can't get behind this L.A. Chargers thing. It's fucking weird. It's weird. It's kind of surprising, too, when you think about it, that the team had to leave St. Louis in the first place, too, for the Rams. Like, yeah. That, that seems know, like a, a city stadium, that, stadium issues. Yeah. And, right. You know. Um, but Jeff, they, they, Jeff Fisher was the, ma- the, <laughs> the yes, coach there. <laughs> Mr. Mediocre. You know? He coached some really good Bears teams. Uh, Titans. Titans, yeah, Titans. Yeah, Titans, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I think he was he, he was a player for the Bears. He was a player yeah, for the Bears. Yeah, I mean yeah. The Titans though. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, well, he had that great run with Eddie George and uh, McNair. Steve McNair got him to the yeah. one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. That one against St. Louis. That oh. was a crazy one. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's some news in the NFL. So to end it off, we're going to do our gut feel segment, and we're going to do some music for Mike because it got him going last week and gave him a good record, two and one. up last time. Yeah, I had it blasted last time. I'm like, oh, geez. All right, Mikey went two and one, so he's on a roll. All right, it was nice. Yeah, we actually, I mean, on the winning side of it is all. By the way, Tennessee, like, get your shit together and yeah. actually have a pro offense just yeah. by the way. I got to stop thinking Tennessee is worth anything over than uh, under <laughs> bet. Uh, because, yeah, I thought they could cover the plus three against Baltimore, and they did not do that, but we did call that game under 42. And then also we took the uh, Tampa Bay and Atlanta total over 57 and a half. So brought a record to 8 and 10 now. And we're trying to climb back to 500. But we're going, do in the, going in the right Let's direction here. So I'm going to stick to a similar strategy. We're going to do a, a total and then a couple uh, against the spread here. So the first game I was looking at is Tennessee against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I say at the Los Angeles Chargers, but it's in Wembley Stadium. It's the uh, London game there. It's an early morning game, too. If you're in the Mountain Time Zone, it's uh, 7.30 a.m. Which is fun if you're up at that time. I will not be up at that time. <laughs> Just letting you know. Uh, yeah. We'll be set your fantasy lineups early. <laughs> that, that's an important thing to do. Yes. Yeah, if you want those guys in your lineup, set them for sure. Set them. Yeah, on this one, so the spread is uh, minus 6.5 for the Chargers. I'm not even. I'm not going to play that, even though I think the Chargers are good. They could probably cover that. Uh, London games are weird for they spreads. Are. Yeah. Like, they really are. It, yeah. You know, you can see, like, what Seattle did to Oakland last week. 
Or it just a complete... and Oakland's just bad too. So oh, was... they oh, they're so bad. That just brought so much so more into it. So bad. Yeah. So the, the, it's supposed to be good weather. Seventeen degrees Celsius and clear. So uh, I, I do. I think that game's going to be under the total. Is what I'm looking for there. M- mostly because Tennessee can't score points. That's right. They're they're such a low yeah. And if, if if LA gets out to a twenty point lead, they're just going to start running the ball and Ex- killing the clock. That... What, what was the total line? Uh 45 and a half for the Okay, total. you're taking the under. I'm doing with the under. All right. Yeah, absolutely. The second game that I'm looking at is Minnesota against the Jets. And the Jets are at home on this one. And the Jets are a three and a half point underdog. And we were talking about it last week. I like the underdogs at home sometimes in certain situations. On this one, I think the Jets can cover this. I think this really? is going to be a close game. I saw a lot of people predicting the Jets could win this outright. I'm not going to go that far, but I, I could see it. And there's, really? a lot, there's a few computer projections out there, too, that are also saying the Jets could win this game. So Wow. For what it's worth. Uh, Considering and, and, Minnesota's looked good the last two weeks. I guess they played Arizona last week, so that makes everybody look good. Yeah, this is even going to be weirder after I tell you this. Uh, so Dar- Dar- Darnold's been good, but uh, Inunua is out. Robbie Spaghetti Anderson is out. Tyrell, Tyrell Pryor is out. <laughs> and you're still and I'm still taking them. And, Gut feel. It's a gut feel. All right. <laughs> Who's going to catch passes? Jermaine Curse for one. If you got him in your fantasy, put him in. And uh, yeah, oh, so I'm ridiculous. taking the Jets plus three and a half at home. And uh, that's happened. Uh, third one I'm doing, Dallas at Washington. Uh, there's no real in-depth analysis on this one. Washington's minus one and a half. I think they're uh, going to be better. Dallas is getting pumped up a lot because of the win against Jacksonville last week. And maybe they do deserve some credit for it, but I still think Washington's a better team. Dallas is not a good road team. Yeah. Washington's a very good home team. They, yeah, they that's a good home field advantage for them. And it's only one and a half. Like that could yeah. be that could be a, a, and a bigger Adrian number. Adrian Peterson's from the Dallas area. You know he's going to be up for that. He's been playing good this year. I think he's averaging like almost five yards a carry or something. Five like yards that. carry, close yeah. to 100 yards a game. Like, so. That guy's a freak. He's a, he, he really is. He's a freak of nature. When you think yeah. about the, the shelf life of running backs in the NFL, to have a career like he's had, he is an absolute Hall of Fame freak. Yep. Right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Perfect. So that, that's that, that's the three games. There we go. The other There was uh, one other one that was on my radar that I'm not going to touch, actually, but it was the, the Los Angeles Rams against San Francisco. At San, it's, it's in San Francisco, and the Rams are a 10-point favorite. I do think the Rams could win that game and maybe easily win that game because I don't think San Francisco is very good, even though they had a close game on Monday Night Football. Listen, Green Bay's defense makes every offense look fucking amazing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was hoping you could confirm that, but that's oh, what I was for thinking. for sure. For <laughs> sure. Oh, like, hey, Marquise Goodwin. Oh, he's pretty fast. Yeah, he's an Olympic-level sprinter. Oh, Okay, let's bring our safeties closer to the box because that makes fucking sense. <laughs> I would have put that guy on the goddamn goal line. I'd be like, no, no, you ain't getting any end zone. Yeah. Fucking retarded. Yeah, Brandon offered uh, him to me for Golden Tate. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We'll, see, you we'll go. see if he listens to the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. And, so, uh, yeah, so I'm not going to touch that game because I do think that the Rams could could – Pull that off, but one thing I've learned about coaches, they don't care about the spread. So if, if they, they sure don't. If they're winning this game, they're just gonna melt the clock. So uh, I'm not right. gonna touch that one anyway. That's right. All right. Take those three to the bank. We're going three. Mikey's going three and oh. I feel it. It, it needs to it. happen. It's about time if I did. Feel it. All right, everybody. Enjoy the uh, 18th sports equinox, and we'll see you next week. See you later.